is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, October 7th, 2019, season 15, episode number 58. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, and we got to talk to you guys about this Cowboys loss. Cowboys loses Green Bay Packers 34-24 in a game that I'm not even sure the score really reflects all the things that happened in this game because there were a lot of different parts to the game that are worth discussing. Um, And I think that's where I want to start today. I think I want to go around the table, and I want everybody to tell me, Coming out of that game, what was the biggest storyline that stood out to you? Because I think there, again, were a lot of storylines in this game. Let's start first with you, Nick. All right. Story of the game. Um, Well, I get to write a column about it, so I could just cheat off of that. But I think for the second straight game, they've lost in the opening drive. The opening drive uh, lost the game for them. And that's that's where it stood. I mean, all these things that happen, if Cooper catches that ball, they're probably going to go score maybe on that play. Changes the whole game. Same with uh, missing uh, Randall Cobb in the back of the end zone. You you think it's a long game and it's going to play out, and yes, they could have. But as it turns out, I think that that was affected the game. I you going to me? Sure, absolutely. I agree with Nick to a point. It really like as as much as a game that hap or a play that happened four plays into it can affect the game. I mean, it's hard to move past just how big that was. Like it's probably a touchdown. At the very least, like the Cowboys are getting some points, and then all of a sudden Green Bay is basically in Cowboy territory. Just a ridiculous swing. But at the same time, I mean, we I just can't I can't sugarcoat or overlook Aaron Jones running the ball 19 times for 100 yards and catching seven passes for 75 yards. Like he did to them what we were worried Alvin Kamara might do. Mm-hmm. And I know Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater, and that's going to affect the way you play. But for them to very successfully limit Alvin Kamara's impact in the game a week before on the road, and then for like all of that progress to go out the window was uh, really, really surprising, baffling. Um, like the linebackers looked lost. The defensive line looked like it couldn't get any push for the second week in a row against an offensive line. Um, frighteningly bad defense for like the first two and a half quarters of the game. Amber. You know, I, I know these teams, the Saints and the Packers, have good players and they are able to do things. But at the same time, I feel like a lot of these errors are made by the Cowboys themselves. Like they're they are kind of playing against themselves, making their own mistakes on their own. And me saying what I'm about to say is kind of crazy, especially after watching that game. But I am not as upset as I thought I would be. Like, I truly feel 100% that the Cowboys are going to be able to turn things around and make it work. I am more upset at the fact that they played such a crappy game and and now we have to talk about it all throughout the week and figure out, okay, well, Kellen Moore, what the heck are you doing? Okay, why is Ezekiel Elliott not running the ball more? Which, one of the things I did expect 
him to have a bigger presence in the game. And it's kind of surprising that we're five weeks into the season. And I still feel like sometimes I forget about Zeke. Like, I feel like I don't notice him on the field. And it's crazy to me when you speak about a team that has relied the amount of times that they did last year. And now they're trying to rely on the passing game more. So that that's kind of mind-blowing to me. But And, and the fact that... We didn't really see Pollard. He kind of disappeared as well. They didn't really use him as much. And this was a game that I thought the running game was going to be able to get going, but it didn't. So I don't know. It's just a weird... I feel just so weird about this team right now. It's like they're trying to figure themselves out and they just haven't clicked just yet, but I know they will. All right. That was actually, there's a lot of stuff that, and you guys hit all of it. And that's why I wanted to to take it that route because there was so much in this game uh, that you could take from it. And I think when we all look back on this five, six, seven, eight weeks from now, we probably all will have different reads on what we learned from this particular game because I think there were a lot of things to learn. So let's unpack a little bit of this. Let's start first with Dak Prescott. He goes 27 to 44, 61% completion rate, 463 yards, two touchdowns, three interceptions, and then an 83.8 quarterback rating. How do you guys in your minds reconcile that performance for Dak? Because you look at the 463 yards and you're like, oh, my God, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That's great. But then you also look at the three interceptions, Mm -hmm. two of which you probably put at least one you definitely put on him. Probably two, you say he he probably made some bad decisions. How do you reconcile this? I don't have to. He said he played a bad game. Like he he threw three interceptions. He says like, I don't care about the yards. I don't care about the touchdowns. That's that's not gonna get it done. And I completely agree with him. I'm mean, like cool cool beans. Really, you mean they did a great job of fighting back into it. That can't happen. And I think anybody who follows my work or what I say knows what a big fan I am of Dak. But I I thought he played a bad game. Uh, the, the interception to Sullivan over the middle was, uh, I mean, terrible. It was a terrible decision. He didn't see him at all. I can't get over the pick he threw in the end zone to Cobb that got waved off. Like, there was Saved him. absolutely mm-hmm. nothing there. Just an unconscionable decision by a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, and, he, you know, the, the dropped pick to Cooper that we already talked about, that is a drop. That is on Amari Cooper. At the same time, it was not a great ball but considering that he was wide 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 open um he didn't play a good game he he had good stats he didn't play a good game that's fine i mean i agree with all that all right <laughs> <laughs> sorry i mean no that's okay i mean it was we, like he was playing fine. without thinking like he yeah. he was just out there running around throwing the ball making decisions without really fully thinking it out like well, i don't know he was kind of relying more on luck maybe rather i don't I know the right word to i think he pressed once he realized yeah. that the defense was going to i mean the defense was getting their ass kicked i think he really pressed and said i'm gonna have to do this and you know it helped a little bit but he was uncharacteristic but it what it didn't it wasn't too long in the game did you realize that they're not going to beat aaron Rodgers? they're not the only thing that slowed down aaron Rodgers was time you know that once they you know, they start happening because if you really look at it, this was week two against the Redskins. I just told this to Rob. This is the exact same game as the Redskin game. And no one thinks that the Redskin game was really close. They they kind of had them. They, they controlled them. They came back and scored late, one by ten. But really, they, they won. Same with the Packers. They're probably saying the same thing. We kicked their ass. Yeah, they came back. But we won by ten. We, we won. You know? And that's really the same type of thing. Yeah. that's a re- I hadn't thought about that. But yeah. you're right. Like, 
the Redskins probably thought about that game like, oh, we, 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 we got back into out. it. <laughs> we fought. Anybody that watched that on the Cowboys side is like, no, that's yeah. not what happened. And, and that, yeah. yeah, and honestly, you know, this we, we work for the Dallas Cowboys. We prefer it when they win. That's all obvious. But they didn't deserve to, to win this game. And honestly, like, in terms of, like, being fair, it's probably for the best that – Dak threw the pick to King and Maher missed the field goal because, like, they don't deserve for this to have been a 34 to 31. Like, oh my God, they were so close. Like, <laughs> but that's also why I they don't got give, their butts kicked. Those two moments are also the reason why I don't give them a ton of credit for fighting their way back in. First of all, I don't give credit for just fighting your way back in because guess what? That's like saying I take care of my kids. Like, that's your responsibility. <laughs> you don't get credit for doing what you're supposed to do. The point, though, is they didn't – those two moments in that in that time when they were trying to fight their way back into the game told me that you still can't get out of your own way. And so it still was yeah. a microcosm of what they'd done the rest of the game. Yeah. yeah, they had success. They moved the ball, but they weren't able to get out of their own way. Even in the – "Quote unquote comeback stage of the game, they were still making unforgivable mistakes. Right, yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it was a rough day. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about Zeke. Uh, you mentioned Zeke, and it's it's ironic that you mentioned him in that way because I was having a conversation with my wife last night, and she kind of had a similar take. Like, where's Zeke? Like, he he got all this money. I was just expecting the Zeke that's going to be like blowing up every week, and that's not what we've seen, particularly the last two weeks." Although, when you look at the game yesterday, they actually were running the wall pretty well, and really well, actually. Earlier in the game, he ends up with 12 carries for 62 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and a touchdown. That all being said, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You uh, said you even said in the press box that when we look back at this game, let's not look at this end of the first half, remember? I, yes, I <laughs> know. Like, we got to take these two plays out. He, he like caught himself. He's like... Tomorrow we're gonna to be talking about him and like remember the end of the f- and well, how many plays was it, it was three plays I want to say three runs it was he like had there three runs and it was, was probably like yeah. maybe twenty five thirty yards which is probably half of his production he got twenty one yards on the final possession of the first half. okay so those are three carries right mm-hmm. two two I'm, just, two? I'm looking I'm looking at two on the yeah. la- on the very last two. that's okay. right it was right. two so two carries for twenty one yards right you look at that though and and I guess. Looking at it overall, looking at it overall, do you think the Cowboys are getting from Zeke what they need to get from him, or do you think that there are other factors? Obviously, the game got away from him. They had to get away yeah. from the running game. Uh, last week, the offensive line just wasn't performing very well, and I put a lot of that on them. How much is it those other factors, and how much is it do you put on do you put on Zeke? Even before the score, like before the score got lopsided, game starts. Zeke for two, Zeke for twelve. Zeke for 12, Zeke for 6, called back by a penalty. Zeke for 17, called back by uh, holding. That was huge. That yep. was a big yep, Tavon Austin. Tavon yeah. Austin. I, didn't like, even have to I mean, it. I understand I understand how much money they gave the guy, and I guess, you know, you'd like to see a little bit more. They even they got him involved in the passing game. He caught a great ball on that uh wheel route, which, oh, you know, yeah. why on why you know, why Aaron Jones is going seven for seventy five and Zeke can't do anything other than catch very basic looking screen passes, I don't know. I don't get why that's a thing. He I mean, and he showed you in this game that he can hurt defenses twenty yards downfield, but they're not interested in doing that for whatever reason. Um, but I, I don't know. How, how much can you expect the running back to get you back into a game that you're trailing by 17 in the second quarter? Uh, I don't put that on him. I thought he was running well when the game allowed for the running game to be part of it. Yeah. I don't really 
I don't think it, I, I wasn't talking about like no, his I'm, per- I'm not no, taking a shot at you. I'm, no, no, you know, no, but, I know, but but just to make sure, it's not his performance as a player. It's more as how the Cowboys are utilizing him. It's you it's, think they're underutilizing? Yes, him. it, it kind of looks to me like it's kind of of a second thought rather than him being the core of this offense. Now they're trying to rely more on the passing game, Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper. And when you look at what he was able to do last year, regardless of the offensive line, how they're performing, Zeke is the type of player that can still make plays without the help of other people. Like, he can do things on his own. And yesterday, well, last night, when I started watching the highlights and back, I'm like, oh, okay, well, there was Zeke doing these things, you know? But it wasn't something that stands out as you would have expected, especially with him coming in with a new contract. Yeah. The other thing I'll, I'll note real quick was Tony Pollard, I actually was, I'm kind of agreeing with you that they sh- they should have used him a little bit more because there was one series where they brought him in and they just kept feeding him the ball. He had four carries for 19 yards, a 4.8 average, and it made me think, okay, sometimes you, you kind of, it, what it made me think is that overall the Cowboys should be able to run the ball pretty effectively. They were already doing it early, as we, as you just mentioned, Dave, earlier in the game with Zeke. When Pollard came in, he was getting a nice flow going there. It just seemed to me like they had success running the ball with either one of them. They just couldn't do it anymore because yeah. the game got I'm, away from You know, I'm looking at the stats. I, I, I don't agree with, with the, the notion that they didn't get Zeke involved. I'm just I'm looking at them and looking at the play-by-plays and, like, where would it have been any different? I mean, a big, big play in the game was in the second drive. I mean, they get down to the 37-yard line. They scramble three yards a second and seven, and Zeke gets stopped for no gain. And then Dak takes a sack. They, they don't get a field goal. You go back to all these possessions, and they're running. They're running well, 17-yard mm-hmm. run. And then it gets called back. And now they're behind the chains, and they throw an interception. And then, you know, Pollard comes in. But then on the next drive, same. Dak, he's, you know, I mean, Zeke, he's running. He's doing well. And then they get another penalty, and they lose 10 yards. And then they end up having to settle for a field goal. I mean, I think they were trying. Like you keep saying, they just didn't get out of their own way. Yeah. I st- I, I don't want to criticize Kellen Moore too much. I mean, they have 550 yards of offense. Like, he called a, a pretty good game. Like, yeah. not trying to quibble about that. But I still, like, the Cowboys are just so rigid and, I don't want to say vanilla, but for lack of a better word, like, just looking at Green Bay, like, you know, Geronimo Allison, he's carrying the ball out of the backfield. Aaron Jones, his best catch of the game was essentially a slant. Like, they moved him out wide and put Jalen Smith on him, and it was like a mismatch all day. He caught it over the middle, remember, I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, You got Mercedes Lewis catching screen passes, and... For the Cowboys, it just feels like it's like this is our running back. He runs I, I, the ball, I, I, and you I don't, don't agree think that's with me. Fair because when you think about it, and you got you got Zeke wheeling out, you got Tavon Austin catching Tavon, a little yeah. pop pass, and no, then and that was great. You got an option on the goal line for two yards, didn't work. True, I mean, they but it was it different. Out. Yeah, it was different. I mean, I I think we, I think there were some different wrinkles in there. Some worked, some didn't. Uh, I don't know if they have. Yeah, I, I don't feel like the I get, where's Darwin? And, Did he do anything? No, I know he missed a block that was important. But which, which play? Oh man, I, I think it was a, a run play where he ended up missing a block and got to end up with a, a tackling back. I have to go back and look at it. But I remember thinking because you had said during the game somebody was asking something about Darwin. You said, "Can he even block?" And and that's what kind of rang to me like, hmm, maybe that was on why. the show. There was, was on the show. show? Like, yeah. are, are they you know, is Witten like impeding his progress? I was like, well, is he a complete yeah, that's what it was. player? Yeah. 
their tight ends aren't helping him right now. I mean, that's just well, simple. Obviously, that. Witten's yeah. not, you know, what he was, obviously. And, I mean, he's still doing some things, but they don't have that guy that they want. They're trying to get it done with three people, and they really don't have it. No, I get you're right. I mean, like I said, they had 600 yards of offense. I'm quibbling here, but at the same time, even you know, Tavon he had the nice little pop pass run, but that's that's Tavon's role. They're like, this is our gadget guy. We're going to do our gadget stuff with him. Whereas sometimes I feel like other offenses are more fluid right. in the sense that everybody can do a little bit of everything. And yeah, it was it was refreshing to see Zeke catch that wheel route. But at the same time, I'm like, he can do these things, and yet it feels rare when he does them. Well, first and 25, I mean, that's what you call, right, on first and 25. you got to have a 26-yard <laughs> right. pass. Yeah, absolutely. No. Uh, the, th- the thing about Tavon and having guys, that the gadget players, the problem is, is that no one will believe that it's going to happen if you don't put them out on regular plays. And when you put them out on a regular plays, they get called for holding and wiping out a 17-yard run for really no reason yeah. to mm-hmm. do that because he didn't have the experience to go out there and I mean, just kind of held. He didn't have to, you know. Mm-hmm. That's that's what happens. You can't just put him in the game when you want to do some fake stuff. So, all right, let's go ahead and take our first break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this defense. Uh, yesterday, they did not have a good mm-hmm. day. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. While a player could look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeeredealer.com football. Do you want the most interesting, up-to-the-minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right, news and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping. The excitement of Dallas Cowboys football is back at AT&T Stadium. The place is going crazy in Arlington, Texas. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys live when they host their NFC East rivals, the Eagles, Giants, and Redskins, plus the Green Bay Packers and more. Elliott works his way through and walks the dog. Single-game tickets are on sale now. Get them before they're gone. First and goal, quarterback sneak. Prescott pushes up the middle. Touchdown. Visit DallasCowboys.com to get your tickets to Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the second segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. We're talking about the Cowboys' loss yesterday. They moved to 3-2 and two on the season after a 3-0 start. We'll look at some big picture stuff tomorrow and what that really means across the NFL and throughout the NFC East. But let's get back into the game. I want to talk about this defense. Uh, Dave, you mentioned it earlier. Aaron Jones allowed to rush for 19 19 carries for 107 yards, a 5.6 average. 
uh, four rushing touchdowns. In addition to that, he had an additional seven uh, receptions for 75 yards, uh, bringing his total number of yards for the game to 182. Why couldn't they stop the run yesterday? Because they were worried about number 12. I mean, he is everything. He is one of he's the one of the greatest football players the NFL has ever seen. Aaron Rodgers and no more of this. Well, it doesn't have weapons. He makes weapons. He makes them great. You can't you can't tackle him. You can't get to him. And you're worried about everything that he's doing. He knows how to how to make it work. And you know they had ten days to hear that they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. And they figured out ways to run it. Run it down by the goal line. Uh, their offensive line was really good, but it all starts with Aaron Rodgers. He is absolutely the closest thing to Luke Skywalker that the NFL has ever seen, in my opinion. It's funny because the Cowboys made so many mistakes in this game that it's easy to forget about the Jedi stuff Rodgers was doing in the first and second quarter. He, he made three plays that are, I mean, like maybe one other person in the world can do them, and that's probably Pat Mahomes, but the the little – shovel pass when it looked like it was going to be a negative play and when he stepped I mean he escaped the pocket and I think it was Tanyan on the sideline just lofted it to oh, him oh that yeah. was a heck it was of incredible and, yeah that was a heck and of play. the thing about that was is that he doesn't see the blue line of scrimmage that we see like or that you see on the on the tape you know like when you're watching the game obviously he doesn't have that but it, it feels like he he knows it. Like, you know, like he's running and he just kind of stops right at the last second because he's like, oh, I'm about to go over the line. Like he just feels that and then makes that great throw. Even still, and like I said, I'm positive that the skill of the quarterback plays a role in that. Like you're going to play that differently than you're going to play Teddy Bridgewater, most likely. I get that. But still. But still. They got bullied. My main impression is Antoine Woods is a good football player, but he is not so good that he's going to magically fix this, I which agree. means they got they got some work to do. So where are the problems? Can uh, I point something out, sure. which I think name is name a guy in the BS. front seven. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Well, <laughs> someone someone mentioned this to me and showed me a clip, and then I went back to watch several plays to see if it was true or not, but. This whole what the refs are doing, I know that's a whole another topic here, but if you notice what Green Bay's offensive line was doing, the right tackle, he would wait for the center to kind of lift up his head, and before he spiked the ball, he would just be uh, doing a false start every single time, and it was never called. And you could go, and I watched multiple plays, and he would do it every single time. You're saying time. he was he was backing out before the ball was actually before, snapped. Before, and it was never called. <laughs> I'm like, are you freaking On which side? Me? You're talking the left tackle? No, the right, right tackle. Right tackle. Right tackle. That's, right. Okay. How did Mickey get onto our show? <laughs> there's some there's some irony there because the point is the po- I'm I'm saying it goes both ways and I'm no I I'm sorry and you're you know what on the on the lat like we were down on the field the last Packers possession I noticed that I was like Bulaga is clearly early but that's not why the defensive line got pushed hey, around I'm not and it's not why no, the no, linebackers no, no, no. were I'm not out saying, of position all day I'm not saying that would have changed the game whatsoever but it's still frustrating. Especially when you get guys on your own O line that are maybe called for holding or this and that, and it's just a no- just yeah. when you see that the other team is not getting called for certain things that well, your team does get called on, it's frustrating. Well, when you guys were in middle school and uh, Mark Colombo was uh, playing here, <laughs> who's ironically the O line coach in high now? school, all right? Oh eight, uh, college. Okay, okay. okay. I'm not Anyways, that young. Mark Colombo 
did that his entire career. His entire career was a half second early than the snap. It, it, he just was. I mean, and I'm not saying that it's okay, but it just it happens. It, I yeah. just, I, I, I. Uh, let's. The these, linebackers were terrible. These linebackers. That, that's just what. I don't know what's going on with with the howling and the swiping and all that, but but <laughs> it's not happening enough because they're not making enough plays. And Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch, I mean, let's call it like it is. When they play terrible. The running, I mean, they were not good against the Rams in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Antoine Woods wasn't there, but whatever. Um, they, they're not when they're not on and they're getting bullied around. This defense isn't that good, and so that's a that's a problem. Bullied, Those two guys aren't playing well. Confused. Well, I, I mean, they the they lost contain. Yeah, six different times, and I mean the the bye bye touchdown where Aaron Jones was waving at Byron Jones again. Like the whole defense got sucked inside, and it's an easy walk in, and that happened more than once. Uh, and it happened inside as well, oh. where guys were just not getting in their fits. Like you could you could see where the defense was flowing, and you could see right in the gap where somebody should have been, yeah. and whether it was a linebacker or safety, nobody nobody fit there. Yeah. Malik, Malik Collins is off to a good start this season, but he did not have a good game yesterday. When does Crawford come back? Wow, Stop. That's harsh. I, I, he didn't. He, didn't I, play. I, I, he made a play the first series. Robert the first Quinn. series of the game. Where was Quinn? I really thought he was well, hurt. He was dealing with Balaga getting off early. No, that was, <laughs> that was Lawrence I'm was doing joking. that. And Lawrence was fighting linebackers and tight ends all day, too. Yeah. Oh, had, he was doubled and triple teams they several had times. A very, of times. They had a very good plan for how to deal with the pass rush. And honestly, like. They had a very good plan. They have very good offensive tackles. They have a quarterback who can get rid of the ball. I know Rodgers likes to hold it, but he can. And I still thought the pass rush was pretty good, all things considered. Like, there were several plays where they forced him to get rid of it. They sacked him twice. Like, this wasn't 2014 where Aaron Rodgers on one leg was just standing back there all day. Like, they made him uncomfortable. It was, I mean, but... The the run defense is it just was it, it was a killer. I will time. say this too: there were also times in that game where where the where they were actually max protect. They would keep back yeah. two extra guys in some instances uh, just to be able to double both those guys on the outside, and they still were completing passes. Which you would think in that kind of situation, when you got more guys back there covering, you ought to be able to make a stop, and they just weren't. And again, that goes to the brilliance of the quarterback. When a receiver gets open and he can just drop it right into a pinpoint accurate place, it doesn't matter if you've got guys around him. Yeah. They're still going to complete the pass, and that's what they were doing yesterday. And the frustrating thing is that not only has this team lost two straight games, but they lost one last week with the with the team's best player on the sideline. This time they lost with the team's best skill player, you know, on the sideline with Devonte Adams out. So. Mm-hmm. It, it's you know they're catching breaks, but they haven't taken. When you allow of... 14 points in the first quarter, I mean, yeah, th- that is hard to just come back from. Would you guys? Would you guys take away the the turnovers, nix that part of it? But would you take Green Bay's offensive performance? Like I'm, you're going into a game against Green Bay, and I tell you they're going to go for 335. They're going to run for 100, and Rodgers is going to throw for 230. And go three of 12 on third down. They're going to score 34 points. You take that? The 34 points is still a problem. 34 points is still a problem, but again, I mean, consider the opposition. And I know Devonte Adams isn't there, but but I but I was saying last week. If I, you, I guess my point is, if you play a cleaner game, i.e., don't lose the turnover battle, three to nothing. Then I pro- I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that. I will take that performance and see where it gets me. I just, I don't think the Cowboys, even going into the game, I didn't think the Cowboys win a shootout. 
If you're up in the 30 range, I think the Cowboys lose that kind of game because, again, if that means, in my opinion, that means that Aaron Rodgers would not have an opportunity with 30 seconds plus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything at 30 seconds, I don't think they win that game because Aaron Rodgers figures out a way to get it done and win the game. So sure. I just think a, a you know a shootout like that I think is favoring okay. them but way again, more than if you you keep them down to 20 points or 16 points or whatever. I'm I'm being dumb right now because you can't take away the turnovers. But if you don't lose the turnover battle three nothing, then it's probably more like 24 or 27 points instead. Let me ask you this: Do you think there was a point in the game, particularly in the first three quarters, where the Packers, where this defense was stopping the Packers. They didn't start stopping them until it was 31 to 3. Right, and that's my point. Yeah. So even if first even if drive. you didn't have the turnovers, well, they weren't drive, stopping yeah. them. First they weren't, drive. Yeah, the first drive. But they really Actually, weren't stopping them most of the day. I think I said that yesterday. Actually, I was like, you forced two punts in the first half. Like, that's a win against Aaron Rodgers as far as I'm concerned. But your offense has to do something with it. Big. And if they had remotely done anything with it, you're maybe talking 17-14 or 14-10 at halftime instead of 17 nothing, and it's a completely different game. You know, and yeah. also, you know, they they call the fumble, and and Leighton picks it up, and then they go back, and you know that that was a really weird exchange there for the officials and the rules and all that kind of stuff. That um, you know, I, I think the Cowboys you know missed a, a big opportunity there because it looked like it was a fumble. Jerry Jones actually, like Jerry Jones, gave Rodgers credit for that, which I wasn't completely ready to do, but maybe you should. Is like you know he's that smart that he kind of made it look like a pass when maybe a it wasn't. Guy doing but veteran guy, smart things. man. Yeah, but the NFL needs to fix that problem because that that was that's a rule thing that the NFL needs to go in, and they need to be able. What do you mean by that? Well. They're they're trying to call it a fumble because they don't want to call it incomplete on that. So that if it looks close, they're going to call it a fumble and give the Cowboys a chance to get the fumble. They're not going to blow the whistle dead. I understand that. the The problem here is is that when they go back and reviewed it, they're obviously calling it a fumble. So they're not going to call it intentional grounding because it. They didn't call it a pass. They called it a fumble. But when they're reviewing it and they see that he throws it down like that and it doesn't get to the line of scrimmage, that that's in. That that should be intentional grounding. Let me ask you this, though, and somebody brought this up because I, I initially agree with you that it should have been intentional grounding. Somebody brought this up on Twitter that made me think twice about that, though. The fact that he got his hand hit has to matter for something, doesn't it? Because if he gets his hand hit, then the reason why it didn't get to the line of scrimmage is because he got his hand hit. Right. So it doesn't make it a fumble. It still makes an incomplete pass. But the fact that he was throwing and throwing in the direction right. of, a, of a receiver, I don't know if they would have called intentional grounding on that, even if it was incomplete because mm. of all that. I, I can't I can't bring myself to care about any of this when they did so much stupid stuff in yeah. this game. Very true. Like, Very I mean, true. You know, we haven't talked about the Garrett penalty. We We're going there. 20 total flags. I thought it was about as bad of a job refereeing a game as I can remember it was seeing. A total, a 20? 20 total, total for the whole Between game. Between the two yeah. teams, yeah. Uh, still don't care. I still don't that. care about any of that. Oh, yep. because right. most of them, oh, there's about 28. Most of them, a lot of them got pulled, you know, declined. <laughs> declined, yep. All right, let's take our final break. Let's come back. I do want to talk about Jason Garrett and his moment yesterday, a moment that most fans probably were, I don't know, maybe they were excited to see it. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. 
Get a great deal with America's best network. Come into an AT&T store and learn how to buy one smartphone and get a second one on us. Based on GWS One Score, September 2018. It's time for tailgate with the OtterBox boys. OtterBox? The makers of those crazy protective phone cases? The one and only. They're also wild about protecting parking lot parties from sad drinks. It's why they made Elevation Tumblers. Rumor around the crockpot is they're made from stainless steel with a copper lining to keep temps hot or cold. True. They even come in seven different sizes, up to 64 ounce, the growler. Hmm. I like how OtterBox drinks. I mean, thanks. And that's been tailgating with the OtterBox boys. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at OtterBox.com. A man's Stetson doesn't just protect him from life's elements. It projects an unstoppable and legendary spirit, just like the men wearing silver and navy on the field every Sunday. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. They are still the official crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find Stetson hats in the pro shop or at Stetson.com today. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. To the break. Hey, tonight, Cowboy Hour at Neighborhood Services at the Omni Frisco Hotel. It's the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour presented by Albertsons. Brad Cham, Kevin Turner, Taylor Stern sit down with a couple of cornerbacks, and this will be fun. Cheeto Ouzier, Jordan Lewis. For more information, DallasCowboys.com slash Cowboys Hour. Anytime those two guys are together, even after a loss like that, I guarantee you it will be entertaining. Make sure you check it out. All right. Let's uh, let's get back into this thing. I wanted to talk about Jason Garrett. Uh, there was a moment in yesterday's game where, uncharacteristically, Jason kind of just lost it. And that's not something most people are used to seeing Jason. Well, nobody's really mm-hmm. used to seeing Jason do that. Was that was freaking awesome. Uh, it was. I actually, I actually like to see that Jason Garrett. I actually have seen... I've seen video of Jason being a lot more animated in some of his team meetings, and I've always said to a lot of people around here, I really want more opportunities to show that because yeah. I don't think fans really know the the side of him that a lot of us who've seen some of those videos know. But that moment was was pretty good, but it did cost his team. Uh, talk a little bit about what happened and, and what you guys found out after the game. I know there is a pool reporter that can go and talk yeah. to officials to find out clarity on certain calls. Talk to me about what you guys found. Abusive language is, was what the, the referee said. <laughs> That's what it was. You and, what Jerry and said about that? Yeah. I yeah. didn't hear what Jerry said. And there's there's a whole other part of it, too, which, yeah. which it did not. It wasn't the yeah. case. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, I was, I'll say it. I was just really hoping. I'm glad that he was referring to the ref at who called it and not the female ref because if yeah. that was the case then we have a bigger problem on our hand that's that's not what jerry said at all but um i have some insight about some things that happened a little earlier than that that led to it overall i thought um you know it was jason it was his emotion and and you know i, I don't necessarily agree with that i don't think the official should have done that but when you go back and look at what happened probably the hour before that makes sense Talk, tell us Are what happened. Say it? Well, I, I was trying to let everyone get involved. Sorry. Okay, I, Sorry. Didn't, I didn't see uh, what happened the hour before. You remember when I, I said it in the press box? I was like, this guy stopped the game to go and tell Jason to get back. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. 
He Jason was kind of down there like that. He stops the game and tells Jason to get back. They were going at it beforehand. And then on the pass interference that he was challenging, he was thinking about challenging with um, 30, Anthony Brown. Mm-hmm. You could see on the, the broadcast, he's like, then do it. Throw it then. Throw it. He's like he's like baiting Jason, like throw it. So he's like, you know, he's just kind of like mocking him. So he, he throws it. And then of course it doesn't happen. And that's what he was mad about because the way the rules are set up, once you miss one challenge, you've only got two. Right. So he has to waste this challenge when he says he clearly caught it in front of him, which I don't know how clear it was, but they they said it was clear to them. Down there on the sideline, they I'm sure yeah. they had a nice view of it. And I don't think anybody else in that stadium definitely thought it was a catch. We well, you know why? You know why? The moment we noticed it is when you see the black flakes popping up because he's dragging that second foot. When you're on the sideline, you immediately see those little yeah. pebbles popping oh, up. True. So for them, they it probably, it five probably feet was. Away, which right. it also happened five feet away from the ref. So right, that's I my get, point. I yeah. get Garrett's uh, frustration. Which, you know, I've thought that was stupid for years. I'm I'm a big college football fan. Their system is better. They just review, ev- they review everything, everything that's close. The only problem, and I firmly believe this, it makes the game drag out forever. College football games take four plus hours. But how many hours. fans care about that? That's my Not point. The, the, the NFL cares. The NFL, the NFL cares. cares more I, about I the you, games being short and the fitting into the broadcast care. windows. If the fans don't care. don't care, I just don't see the point. It's a it's a stupid system. It sucks that, yeah, I mean, you got to throw a challenge flag to negate the referee's mistakes. The, again, the refs were atrocious yesterday for both sides. And, I like college football system And here's better. here's why that, that really mattered because – yeah, they got first and 25. They got 26 on the next play. They went and scored. But that, you know, the third interception when Gallup was going and gets his helmet pulled twice in one play, which is maybe a record. I mean, to and Dak throws it, shouldn't have thrown it, whatever. But Garrett throws the challenge flag there and says, you missed P.I. big time. And they're going to they're gonna overturn that one. And so now you're, now you're sitting at midfield down 14, the game, you know, now that we really might have a game. But um, that's why all of those things kind of played in. And Which it was bad. I guess uh, Mickey made this point on talking I saw on Twitter is if if the refs don't bungle that, then Garrett's still got a challenge on the Gallup King pick. And you could conceivably, yeah, you could conceivably challenge that. They wouldn't have won Newsflash because yeah. they don't overturn it. But you could have at least used it anyway. So the previous 30 seconds, like what were you doing in the previous 30 seconds of when? Like, did I just out. say all that just now? Oh, I but, but damn, I, I was no, you I'm look sorry, at that. I was looking but, through. But stats. what I said is they would get it. Oh, you don't oh, think so? No, you what don't it? think that the ref looking no. at that sees that the no. him pulling him his head down twice is no. not going to call that? They haven't. Have they overturned one call all year? Seven. Seven? Yeah, I haven't seen one in all the football I've watched, including I saw some stat. pretty egregious ones. I saw a stat heading into the weekend's game. It was like twenty six. And they've they've done seven overturn. And I, I have, think they would have done that one, especially after they just you know screwed them and called a penalty. I think they would have given them that one. Yeah, I don't think so. I haven't seen I, any, I, I haven't seen anything in all of the NFL football that I've watched this season that suggests that they would have done it because I think the refs care more about preserving their own egos and reputations than admitting when they're wrong. Which See, is I don't know. Stupid because everyone watches the TV and sees exactly what happened. So it's like, no, you're not. I mean, yeah, you're getting away with it in the game, but you're still being called stupid. I, I think the point of them <laughs> I think the point of them changing that rule this year was to overturn egregious 
situations. And I do think, I think you that. can make the argument that that was egregious. Um, I kind of agree with Dave that it's got to be really egregious. Like, the, the chances that they overturn them are small because it has right. to be a situation where it's so egregious that they look at it and they say, hey, this is so big that we have to overturn it because we don't want to have another situation well, like what I, happened with the Saints. I got it. If you pull a, head, a guy's head down once in a play, yeah. if you do it twice in the same play, then egregious. Egregious. Yeah, that's what that is. <laughs> yeah, but either way, the point is shouldn't have thrown it either. The, either way, either way, that's, the point is it did affect Jason's ability to at least get it on record that this was a bad call and allowed them the opportunity yeah. to be able to correct it. And he didn't have that because the ref missed the call, and then he throws his flag. Well, maybe because, he shouldn't have thrown the yeah. Anthony Brown one. You I know, think it's maybe well, that's where maybe that is. I think it's funny that you know that was a third down, right? Anthony Brown. Yeah. No, that, that was down? first down, but it was thirty-nine yard penalty. I've seen I've seen so many insta- instances over the years of just watching football games where a player completely loses his cool, gets a flag for unsportsmanlike conduct, and it's you know we're talking about it Monday as like the reason why they lost the game, and it just it's funny to me like it speaks to how like stoic and even keeled Jason is with the clapping and the not getting fired up that like. He cost his team, and like everybody was thrilled about it. Everyone was like, "Finally, finally, you act mad in a situation where it seems warranted." And everybody else was mad. We, you ought to be mad too. Right? And, but you know, <laughs> if that had happened to yeah. a cornerback, then we would be killing him right I, now. And I'm really glad that it was because he said something. Because you know, I was in the press yeah. box. I was like, "This doesn't." Oh, you make were livid. It. Well, no, I, you were livid about the fact that he would throw the flag. I and thought he was he was getting shown like he was mad that he kind of showed him up. Right. But yet his flag hit the scoreboard. Like he threw it <laughs> as high as he possibly could to right. show, oh no, you didn't, you know, and throws it up there like that. But it was he must have called him something. Yeah. Bull Durham. He, yeah, he, he, he definitely said deserved it. It was a Bull Durham moment. I, I approve. I approve. Wait, you approve of what? Whatever Garrett said. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought you were said, saying you approved of the flag. Well said. No. I'm his sure it was. <laughs> his, his face looked like the flag. I mean, he, Yo, he was mad. He had that red, that red emoji mad. one. The, like it was that. it was a nice change of pace. Like the fact that Jason doesn't get super emotional on the sideline doesn't bother me the way it bothers a lot of people. But it was still kind of fun to see him. Like he had reached his breaking point. I know, guys. Everybody yeah. just wants Bill Cower. You know, just yeah. let's go. But I mean. Yeah. Tony Dungy, it worked. Tom Landry, it worked. I mean, you know, everyone's got their own way. And, and I is, guarantee you those guys, when they were behind closed doors, they know how to get with their team when they need true. to get with their team. That's I mean, And we saw it on that TV show a couple years ago. Like, yeah. if you watched All or Nothing, then you know Jason Garrett yeah. has a little more fire to him than what people want to give him credit for. Yeah. Yeah. It's All a right. quick show. That is. That's a, that's oh, a wrap. Crap, but what we, will do, what we will do, I still need to get into special teams. We'll talk about that tomorrow because oh, there God. were some significant things from the special we teams. We didn't even talk, about, talk about Brett Maher. Yeah. We did not. Yeah. But we will tomorrow. So All make right. sure you tune in tomorrow at 11.45, our normal time. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?